What if I were to tell you that a small group of government contractors were hired by government officials to frame the Trump campaign, set him up for the Russia collusion investigation, provided witnesses for the impeachment hearings, and provided administrative support services to the Department of Justice during the Mueller investigation? And what if it just so happened that this same group of contractors are behind the fake news in mainstream media, influence operations on social media, and the civil unrest nationwide pushing the defund the police movement. The Obamagate scandal only scratches the surface. You mentioned shock value that is shocking what the Russians did. I agree, we need to stop it. I know that now based on the Horowitz report. I'm not saying that you lied to the court. I'm saying you signed something that was a lie and you didn't know it. Talk about a cover story. What really happened is much more alarming. Both parties are equally guilty of covering up what should turn out to be an even bigger scandal, Shadowgate. The tactical and operational role the shadow government played behind the scenes, carrying out the coup against President Trump. We're going to be looking behind the puppets at who the real puppet master string pullers are. The material presented in this documentary should concern people of all political affiliations. This is about real players, people whose names never come up but should. Career politicians are definitely part of the Beltway Swamp, even aspects of the deep state, but they are not the shadow government. The shadow government consists of government contractors, defense, intelligence, security, and so on. Our government mostly consists of front-facing desk jockeys that are compartmentalized in cubicles. They're to cover up for the fact that most of the real work is outsourced to contractors, aka the military-industrial complex. That way, what the public sees through FOIA requests, investigations, congressional hearings, or otherwise, is as clean as a whistle. All the dirty work is kept private with contractors in clandestine networks. These contractors have used their connections, power, and influence to create an unprecedented international criminal enterprise where blackmail is traded and people's personal data is gold. Two whistleblowers, Tory and Patrick Berge, who both worked extensively within the shadow government as contractors, have come forward with revelations that may be part of the biggest whistleblowing event to date. I am one of thousands faceless patriotic Americans that work within the shadows and had been doing that for a very long time. People that worked for John Brennan approached me while I was in my specialist training while I was in the Navy. When I was recruited, it was for electronic warfare. Then I ended up in information warfare and ironically, the base that I first went to for electronic warfare is now information warfare. My job for a company called Dynology, which was owned by Obama's national security advisor, General James Jones, and I answered directly to his son. 
I worked for them for about eight years, from like 2007 to 2010. My focus was primarily in the development on a couple different contracts for the Department of Defense for the development of the capabilities for interactive internet activities, being something that helps support CNO, uh, which is computer network operations, hacking and different things like that, and information operations, which would be your actual influence operations, right? It's a supporting application that really, it's kind of like a Microsoft project, right? Which allows you to manage uh, large projects, like enterprise level projects. But instead of like managing the, the building of a, the, the construction of a 14 story building, it's managing the most, you know, <laughs> malevolent operations that you could imagine. I was a contractor for various intelligence agencies that were privately created. So they were private contracting agencies because um, unlike what most people think, our intelligence doesn't stay within our borders or within federal buildings. The Shatternet was the commercial version of a, an, an IIA weapon, IIA being Interactive Internet Activities. That's the military nomenclature for what basically you've heard just being described for the last three or four years with all the fake news and um, the, uh, the, the fake news journalists and fake stories, fake dossier, all these things are attributes and characteristics of, of uh, IIA, which is social media psychological warfare. We began that really in um, 2007, uh, when right after the policy guidelines first came out. We were on one of the first contracts with the DOD that I'm aware of, trying to help the Force Psychological Operations Group understand how to go from dropping flyers from planes uh, to a more micro-targeted social media psychological warfare application where you could select an individual uh, target or uh, a group target or an entire country if you wanted to. What I did was something called um, localization or L10N. So a localization strategy is you find a group of people that could be a whole country, a city, uh, a certain religious group, uh, you know, six block radius like Chaz <laughs> and you kind of try to get in their mind. You have to understand how they eat, how they walk, how they talk, what they like, what pushes their buttons, what drives them nuts, what upsets them, what makes them happy. And then you use that to your advantage to push whatever ideology or product or direction you want them to go. Marrying together cultural appropriation, language, nuances of the demographic that you are targeting or the nation you are targeting. It pries into your demographic, your world. So if I want to blackmail you and put you under my thumb, not only will I know everything, but I will know your deepest, darkest fears. I will know people I can get in contact to find out more about you. Maybe you had like an old hockey injury. So if I wanted to attack you, I'd know where to hit you. You understand enough about someone and you can hack their shadow, right? Uh, you can use you can you can use their fears, you can use their anxieties. Like sound and thing like pandemics that you 
recognize here. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. So you can use those things to help uh, reflexively control or influence a target, an individual or whoever it is, right? Or a group of people or an entire election, an entire country. What Patrick Berge created was a program that was based off of the strategies that we used in person. Uh, it was a psychological operation, but that crunches data with the use of psychological operations. So you can predict how your target will respond. You know, I spent like seven years overseas, right? Several years, a couple of those years were specifically related to IIA. So I understood certain things. When we hijacked the Afghan elections, how did we do that? We had to understand how the Afghanis think. We had to go to the areas that were anti-Taliban because the Taliban political group was now more militant than it was political. We used that to our advantage and formulated a plan where we would sway their thoughts to believe that XYZ candidate is the way to go because then you won't get robbed and we'll tame the Taliban. So it, but we had to do it in their way. So he created the algorithm that does that for you. When we were largely doing this, it was done by analysts. Now this is more done automated through artificial intelligence, which is just a common iteration of the program or application development process. The database component ends up allowing you to build behavioral profiles on individual targets, right? And through those behavioral profiles, you can develop or, or implement reflexive control which allows you to understand with enough information about someone, you can predictably determine how they're going to react. I was really good at what I did. Really good. And I can still do it too. I'm not doing it now though. <laughs> well, don't be doing that, Tori. I wouldn't know if I was too. But um, I helped them train algorithms with the strategies that I had created all these years. They had uh, asked us to bring the application classified network but Jim sent him a bogus just a, a made-up ridiculous bid to actually do that because if it went on a classified network we couldn't turn around and sell it commercially we went on after that to uh, another contract uh, in Tampa took everything with us for psychological operations group had no idea that we were going to be taking their years worth of work that they paid us to do taxpayers paid us to do and we kept the intellectual property rights to it and um, uh, remarketed it branded it commercially as the shadow so I come back here and I see these guys back here in America have just been having a field day utilizing the technology that we've been developing to alter the outcomes of our elections in America this technology was so successful they couldn't resist the temptation to not use it commercially and have the power to affect outcomes of elections at home. The commercial and black market value of such a technology is incalculable. This is the mobile mega shatternet mobile. My laptop sits in here and then I got uh, two 4K capture cards. I can do BTC. And this charges all the camera equipment. So while I'm riding, I'm told I'm getting as much as 40 amps. These are the same cases that we used to build out our uh, uh, skips, our SC2 IPs, which is a small command and control over IP. 
And when I was working with JCSE, we would uh, take these cases and build out networks. This is a small command and control over IP. It's just only running on one unclassified network, SIM-enabled Wi-Fi router. And if I get decent cell connection, then I can run the multiple cameras, and uh, I can put multiple in one screen, and I can run all that from my cell phone that I have mounted here. The group of whistleblowers from the NSA and other classified data collection agencies, referred to as the Global Surveillance Whistleblowers, were used as a vector to legalize what was then illegal dragnet spying on everyone 24-7. The NSA and its former head, General Hayden, declined to comment for this story. The FISA Amendment Act of 2008 had Section 702 that permitted the government to spy on citizens with a warrant from the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. The NSA data system collects everything through what's called the upstream, where everything is stored for 72 hours, then dumped. However, if one could twin this stream of data, they could privatize it. Imagine what you could do with that. Tori alleges that she worked for John Brennan at the Analysis Corporation and Global Strategies Group. What is the Analysis Corporation? It is a company that does a lot of things, varied from administrative work to analyses to data collection, biometric collection. I mean, whatever contract they've been awarded by the government, they do. It could be something as simple as janitor duties. Uh, in case you miss the secretary's words upstairs, she reached out to Senator Obama uh, to say that she was sorry that this had happened, uh, that there were these unauthor unauthorized accesses to his passport file. One incident this past summer where there was a trainee um, in the passport office who had an unauthorized access of Senator Clinton's passport file. Now, uh, in the case of Senator McCain, we detected uh, earlier this year one of the same people uh, who accessed Senator Obama's passport file also accessed Senator McCain's passport file. Uh, this is the same individual who was disciplined, but at this point in time still remains working with the contractor. She claims to be the actual person who moved the electronic files at Stanley Inc. and CGI in 2008, which publicly was falsely alleged to be a hack. What can you tell us about the CGI Stanley passport incident? See, Brennan has a certain MO, okay? When he wants to get something, he pretends there's a hack. So I was asked when I was stateside, hey, would you go by that office and pull all this data from the State Department? And I said, of course I will. I put it on two rugged drives. You know, they were like the orange tips, really big, you know, <laughs> drives. And I put it on there. And then later, it's like, oh, they were hacked. And I'm thinking, um, I didn't hack anything. I was told to do it. So I just kind of watched what was happening. One person actually, what, committed suicide or something? And the other two were found. I'm like, but there was no hack. And that, that's a going theme. You know that, right? Wow. If it wasn't a hack... I'm presuming that means you took the information off of their servers and computers. Correct. So that information was then missing. Correct. 
what would be the point of that? What were they trying to hide? Well, if I removed it, that means someone else was there to replace it, right? So I remove the factual, actual information, and then someone goes behind. That's like super switch. I didn't see that until retrospect, right, in retrospect, right? Because for me, going to copy a server off of a consulate, you know, computer, state department, wherever, would be normal. If we had a contract with them, they would tell me what terminal, I'd scan the barcode, make sure that I was at the right computer and do my job. So I removed data, that means someone else replaced it. So what is the relationship between Global Strategies Group, Analysis Corporation and Canadian Global Information? They all do the same thing. They're the jacks of all trade, except for the fact that Global Strategies Group was actually a hub for all information, in and out, in and out. I mean, all of the directors there were former GCHQ, CIA, NSA, you know, MI6, MI5, German intelligence. You have to wonder, why are all these former heads heading up a consulting firm? And what were they consulting? And they weren't consulting. They were collecting everybody's data and privatizing it. John Brennan, working within his network of contracting companies, such as Stanley, Canadian Global Information, and the Analysis Corporation, helped then-Senator Barack Obama get elected using Internet Influence Operations. March 5th, 2013, Brennan gets confirmed as CIA director, dodging controversy over his involvement in the CIA-enhanced interrogation scandal. Now tell us about these data bridges to the NSA. Is that legally obtained information? I mean, that's kind of what Snowden did too. According to sources closely connected to this subject, under John Brennan's direction, Snowden created a data bridge from the NSA database into private servers controlled by private intelligence and cybersecurity contractors, aka the Analysis Corporation, Global Strategies Group, and Canadian Global Information. The twinning of streams is duplicating the information in the upstream. That's that's crazy to think that another company is copying all emails, texts, phone calls, messages, emojis, Instagrams, tweets, anything you can imagine that's being uploaded that has to go into like the 72-hour holding is suddenly being pushed offshore. That sounds kind of illegal because it is. June 5th, 2013, Edward Snowden goes public with the NSA program PRISM, revealing the NSA collects internet traffic of all U.S. citizens from major internet and telecom companies through the FISA 702 program. Snowden's actions kicked off, on the federal level, justification for spying on U.S. citizens, including the Senate and Congress, in the name of preventing U.S. citizens with classified or top-secret clearances from being able to repeat Snowden's actions. This opened the door for the creation of ClearForce. July 4, 2013, CGI and GCHQ launch a defense protection partnership, which includes sharing threat intelligence. 
So these were all private corporations that even had foreigners working in them and <laughs> they had access to NSA servers? Of course they did. I mean, how do you think we found through facial recognition of the FBI, the Belgium bomber? Why would we have their facial recognition data? So is this legal, what you're telling me, and why would they do it? Why would they set this up this way? So sharing our information and our private identifying information, facial recognition, biometrics, outside of the United States for official purposes, like at a consulate, at an embassy, you know, uh, through Secret Service or anything like that is legal, right? Or through Interpol. But to have a company that houses everybody's data and any private person can buy that data or investigate that data or analyze that data, that's not. And that's exactly what GSG was doing. Early 2009, John Brennan left government and went to work for a small intelligence contractor here in the Virginia area, suburban Virginia area, just outside of Washington. The company was called the Analysis Corporation. There are subsidiaries of subsidiaries. Some of these companies are spun out, go public, go private again. Uh, it's kind of hard to keep track of them. In just four months, GSG, CGI, and other private contractors allegedly had unauthorized access to the entire Five Eyes network, unfiltered, unrestricted, decompartmentalized, outside any government regulation or oversight. Not surprising, the CIA gets caught one year later spying on the US Senate. Their excuse? It was their own network they had set up for the Senate to use, so they had authorization. Would you agree that the CIA's 2014 search of Senate files was improper? This is the annual threat assessment, is it not? Yes. These were CIA computers at a CIA leased facility. It was a CIA network that was shared between Senate staffers conducting that investigation for your report, as well as CIA personnel. The reality is those computers, in effect, belonged to the CIA, but they were reserved exclusively for the committee's use. We accelerated our ability, our, for want of a better word, invasiveness in, into communications networks in which legitimate targets coexisted with legitimately protected communications. Obama takes office and General Jones being sworn in as National Security Advisor. His son, General Jones' son, copyrights CKMS, Congressional Knowledge Management System. Within a couple months after he leaves office in 2010, Dynology gets a contract for CKMS, the Congressional Knowledge Management System, which basically controls uh, all of the scheduling, the addresses, the documents, everything for the Congress. CKMS is going to give you access to unlimited information. Think about the information you could get from that. If we look on USSpending.gov, we see Dynology was awarded contracts for the Congressional Knowledge Management System. However, one contract stands out where Dynology was awarded a contract by the Department of Defense that includes a mention of the Congressional Knowledge Management System. A closer look shows that the award description 
is for CKMS hosting labor admin core data. The primary place of performance is Germany and the North American industry classification description is data processing, hosting, and related services. Even one section stating manufacturing outside the United States, use outside the United States. Let it sink in that these official documents suggest the congressional knowledge management system outsourced to a private contractor is hosted, managed, and stored in servers in Germany. This is very disturbing. With the Senate's computer network compromised by John Brennan's CIA and the Congressional Knowledge Management System being hosted, managed, and stored overseas by General Jones's company, the ability for these contractors to eavesdrop on both the House and the Senate is staggering. When I brought this up back in 2018, shortly after that, Dynology lost the contract that they had had since 2011, 2012 with CKMS. And that contract went to another company, a company that exists as nothing more than a website and a mail drop mile or so from Dynology's Tampa office, controlling the entire congressional's knowledge management. And if you look at the contracting database, they'll say that, oh, they have an American, an American entity. And it's like, but it's the same CEOs for this Canadian company. I'm so confused. So they even falsify information uh, so they can obfuscate who, where our federal tax dollars are going. And don't forget, they all share contracts. They all subcontract, co-contract. Group has the exact same product as Dynology the Shadownet in iSci, right? Yet the owner of Dynology sits on the board of directors of Psy Group, which in my opinion is kind of like the owner of Coke sitting on the board of directors of Pepsi. TAC, CGI, and all these LLCs that just keep cycling and cycling, cycling. all of them. The social security numbers of 19.7 million Americans subjected to federal background checks as a condition of employment are now in the hands of hackers. In June 2015, the Office of Personnel Management announced a major data breach. Tell us about the OPM hack. Okay, so that's another Brennan job. So another hack, suppose hack. And this is to obtain, delete, and obfuscate information. Hillary Clinton was up for the chopping block about her emails right at the State Department. And that was coming up. Uh, that was big talk of the town in 2014. Suddenly, the Office of Personnel Management was hacked in December. Down the line, five months later, Hillary Clinton appears in court and they tell her, hey, you're going to hand over your emails. A couple days after that, the now fired, corrupt, leaking former IG of the State Department, Linick, had requested from our elected officials, to give him a big fat budget to create his own personal IG of the State Department server. How convenient. Very convenient. While we have no evidence that our data has been compromised, the fact that the contents of our network may be accessed by large numbers of department administrators 
puts us at unnecessary risk. The IT folks at the department have the keys to our IT system. So they really have access, unfettered access to the system if they wanted to. They could read, modify, delete. They could read, modify, delete. I would like to be completely separate from the department um, to ensure the integrity of our system. But I also need the department uh, to give us uh, access to the same systems that we have now. Give us uh, access. And he was responsible in releasing her emails that he gave in little, little doses, of course, over time. But at the same time, huh, the press came out with a report. Oh dear, months ago, there was a leak. Do you have evidence that the State Department's network has been attacked? And does that affect you guys? Uh, there, there, and there has been, there's, there's evidence that has been attacked and it has affected us. I can't really go into details uh, because of the nature of the information. For people that don't know, the Office of Personnel Management usually has information on every single American uh, that has applied for any type of clearance. So if you applied for like a White House press pass or join the military or an admin job that could require something like a public Charlie clearance, anything, all your information is there. What could they do with all that information? Right. They started slowly creating these memorandums of understandings with your secretaries of states and attorney general secretly behind your back, providing facial recognition data, private identifying data, data, data. This was the most incredible data because if you want to control someone, all you need to do is put that information through a couple of systems and you'll know exactly what buttons you need to push and how to make them nod their head the way you want them to or shake it. Millions of Americans have received letters like this, notifying them their data are at risk and referring them to a government contracted credit monitoring agency. Does this correlate with predictive programming? Yes. The merging of John Brennan's tactical intelligence and General Jones's operational capabilities gave birth to ClearForce. I say was the relational database component of it. That's what we named it. I named it actually. And uh, what did you name it iSci for? I like the iPhone Psi uh, for psychological warfare. Okay. You have the component where you need to be able to collect all this information and then you need to be able to collaborate this information with a team of an unspecified amount of analysts and or other legal people that will be looking at stuff and you need to be able to provide the leadership of a tactical operation, you need to be able to provide them what's called a COPS, a common operational picture, right? So this provides people at the top common operational picture of all the different assets. Assets can be journalists, it could be an entire news organization, it could be a podcast, it could be just a, an individual YouTube influencer. It could be anybody like that. And you would either build them from scratch or contract them out. Just bring them online. According to Berge, the 2012 changes to the Smith-Munt Modernization Act of 2012 opened the floodgates for domestic IIA, social media influence operations. Do you think that some of these smart devices were created in order to gain uh, access to the public by the military industrial complex? I know that the iPhone really was released uh, within this, if not the same month of the IIA policy letter, right? I know uh, 
for a fact, and you can easily look it up, that the Smith-Munt Act, uh, Modernization Act, was modified to allow for the influence, uh, dissemination of propaganda to Americans, which had previously been restricted or prevented by the Smith-Munt Act in the late 40s when it was put into place. When they modernized that, they took away those protections, allowing it to adapt for social media. And then within a, a few months or just a very short period of time, they came out with the Obama phone. Everybody in Cleveland, no minority got Obama phone. Keep Obama in president, you know? He gave us a phone. Free cell phones to low-income families. TrackPhone has just started a program here in the Volunteer State called SafeLink Wireless. More than 800,000 families here in Tennessee qualify for these phones. The company says this program is about providing a safe link for families, no matter what their level of income is. Very short time after that, they added free unlimited data plans to them. He also suggested that the contiguous release of the Obama phone with an unlimited data plan played a significant role in fostering the Ferguson riots using IAA. So why do you think they were targeting them for collection purposes? Think of what you could do, right? Um, Think of how easily you could start a riot in Cleveland if you had the um, data. Oh, my goodness. So you you could gather that information and know how to psychologically target them to get them upset? Or, you know, do you think that they were pushing information to them, like tailoring their viewpoint on social media? I would. And when I, like I said, I, I, I didn't really actually finish this earlier, but... I originally, um, in 2014, I recognized uh, Black Lives Matter uh, movement during the uh, Michael Brown riots as being influenced by IIA. A colleague of mine in South Korea did a trace route on it, trace routed the source of the what I believe to have been IIA to Ukraine. That's funny, right? Uh, so, because Ukraine just always keeps popping up. And whether or not it was actually the Shadownet itself or it was a competitor like McChrystal, right? McChrystal, what they accused McChrystal of having is the exact same thing as what we built before him. Maybe it was a competitor. Who knows? It's becoming a, really a boutique market. Do you think that many of these social media companies like Twitter, Facebook, that they were created with IIA operations in mind, and it was never intended to be a free speech platform. Mm. I mean, what's your take on that? In our Shadownet flyer, it has a screenshot of uh, South American um, uh, social network site that was uh, kind of like the predecessor for MySpace owned by Google. And I believe the name was Urkut. And you can actually look on our flyer and see a screenshot from that, which looks Mm -hmm. like an active engagement from South America. Now, if you look up what happened to Urkut, what was really Google's first attempt free MySpace, you'll see that it was largely shut down and largely contributed to um, an overwhelming use of fake personas, right? What was one of the reasons that they attributed to MySpace shutting down last year? Rampant 
fake personas. At the same time, I'm developing these flyers for a company that doesn't have a sales staff. They only have a product. At the same time, I'm doing that. Our number one partner for a company that doesn't have a product that is only salespeople are working John McCain's campaign. Too risky. Doing micro-targeted social media for John McCain's campaign. I'm John McCain, and I approve this message. You are speaking on news pundits and how mm -hmm. many of the news pundits are IA assets mm -hmm. and intelligence assets. So mm -hmm. tell us more about that. Uh, Mika Brzezinski, her father is, the, you know, the father of influence operations and psychological warfare. Sure. A towering figure in American foreign policy, an extended member of the NBC News family as well. As a big Nev Brzezinski, Jimmy Carter's national security advisor. Jill Turner, Fox News host, was also vice president of Jones Group International, doing an interview with her old boss and my old boss. Now, why would I assume that they would be using anything other than the Shatternet? Because the owner of the Shatternet has so many key assets. Why would he need to go to anybody else, right? So they get their talking points from the analysts that are putting it together. But then they disseminate those talking points through non-attribution to their assets throughout these news organizations, utilizing an application like the Shatternet. Jillian Turner has a direct connection to Atlantic Council. General Jones was the chairman of the board of the Atlantic Council. JGI, Jones Group International, is an oil lobby. Atlantic Council and Brisma has a relationship. Brisma is an energy company. Obviously, they have these connections. This would explain why Fox News focuses mostly on the Biden-Ukraine scandal, never mentioning Jones's connections, nor the Atlantic Council. Trump focusing on Ukraine isn't just about Biden. It's about Jones, Hayden, Brennan, McChrystal, the State Department, USAID, and corrupt inspector generals. With everything in place and after being in control of the office of the presidency for decades, the military industrial complex had confidence they could take Trump out as a candidate or even as president. Has IIA been used against President Trump? Absolutely. Through the Russian dossier, um, there are so many people, former colleagues of mine, uh, directly connected to the Shatternet. John McCain and Lindsey Graham, one of the last two people to have their hands on the Russian dossier before it was handed off to BuzzFeed as part of the dissemination process. I told the president it was not John McCain, I know because John McCain showed me the dossier. It was built, it was a product, it was used as a weapon as part of an influence operation. It was fake information put into it to help create chaos and to influence an election. Bottom line, right? But those people that were directly involved with that were also directly involved with the Shadownet. So you have knowledge of them using military-grade psychological warfare weapons on the president of mm -hmm. the United States. Mm -hmm. Done by the closest people around him, too. As Trump's election unfolded and as all of the Russia collusion and all these things started happening and, and becoming exposed, revealed to me it was to 
keep from exposing the stuff that they've been doing over here, which I believe includes the Maidan massacre in Ukraine. Where did the dossier come from? Nellior testified it came from Ukraine. Where's all the money laundering and crazy IIAs we see going on in Ukraine? So Manafort's being accused of social media influence operations in Ukraine in 2010. World courts charged him with that. Ukraine was the epicenter of everything, like everything. And that's because we had maimed that nation and made them deal to us. Barack Hussein Obama did it. You know, we deploy troops, National Guard, of course. And what states are the ones that work with Ukraine? It would be California and New York. So we deployed troops there because, you know, they weren't listening. It's like, why would you want to stay independent and hang out with the Russians when you can be with us, the Americans and the Europeans? And they were really upset that they weren't willing to commit to receive debt from the EU and ignore Russia, which they had been attached to for eons. So we went in there and destroyed them. That's how Hunter Biden got his job. That's how we weaseled our way in there. We got a hold of corrupt people. We said, we'll help you out with your lawsuits. You get us in there. We wrote bills. We sent the money so we can help them conduct elections. <laughs> we did everything there. The Obama aid package in Ukraine, which corresponds with Joe Biden's billion dollar loan guarantee scandal, is the same aid package where Seidel got a field office in Kiev to provide election training and election management for the Ukrainian Election Commission. Seidel is one of the most notorious outsourced companies for elections, with regular electronic voting machine problems who also tabulate our election results in cloud services in Europe, aka servers outside the United States. A whistleblower leaked to me in 2019 internal documents from Seidel that appeared to show meddling in the Kentucky election. Atlantic Council has been deciding America's policies for decades now. And look at how, what a panic they were in when um, Trump made that phone call to Ukraine. They went into absolute panic mode. 75% of the people testifying were all directly connected to General Jones, McCain, and an Atlantic Council. The now IG of the NSA, literally with his wife, created the National Anti-Corruption Bureau in the Ukraine in 2009. They created it. Robert Storch is the deputy head of the U.S. Inspector General's office. I, I recognize how important this task is for Naboo and for the uh, effort to address corruption there in Ukraine. September 30th, 2016. Obama knows that within 30 days, if the NSA can't fix the overcollection problem by either dumping data or justifying having it, the FISA court will order the IG of the NSA to investigate. So what does Obama do? He writes an executive order that makes the IG of the NSA a presidential appointment rather than an appointment by the director of the NSA. November 30th, 2016, Obama nominates Robert Storch, who is working as deputy IG of the DOJ under Horowitz at the same time. 
I'm Rob Storch, and I'm honored to serve as the Inspector General at the National Security Agency. During the transition period from the Obama administration into the Trump administration, Storch appears to never have actually been confirmed by the Trump administration. How did this guy get confirmed? Not one person asked, hey, have you ever worked for, four? I mean, a couple months before they even had the hearing to see if he's going to be confirmed or not. Nobody asked him, hey, did you by any chance get an offer from the president of Ukraine to work for them? It was all over the media, but not one person asked. You know who else helped them set it up? Bill Taylor and George Kent, those two clowns, also testified against the president. One of them has supersonic hearing. They could hear phones that are not on speakerphone from across the room. So <laughs> That's odd. According to Tory, the alleged impeachment whistleblower was actually a wiretap, hence supersonic hearing capabilities. Eric Sierra was a decoy to hide the fact that the president was being wiretapped through a 702 data over collection problem connected to the sunset clause, collection problem that the NSA inspector general Robert Storch oversaw. So the question is, what has been the Senate Intelligence Committee? All complacent, every single one of them. Because it's their job to be our voice and ask those questions. So, so I mean, I guess because the, they're in on it. So I guess the question is, are they all just that inept? Or is there something else going on? Section 702 of the FISA Amendment Act of 2008 was created to stop illegal surveillance through data collection. It ends up being used as cover, providing the intelligence agencies front-facing legal access to unauthorized data, while turning a blind eye to private contractors having backdoor access to all data. I had access through the administrative side platform, because I was one of the first on it, um, to be able to see all communications between people like Adam Schiff, Brennan, Feinstein's staffers, and General Jones, and many more that I don't want to say because I haven't publicized that yet, actually. Because there's foreign people. I did see communications of uh, former GCHQ had Hannigan. Robert Hannigan was part of the company at GSG, right? So I gave most of this to Millie Weaver and she put out a report. And even though I had legal access to all their communications because I had my username and password, the minute she did that report, within just, I believe, almost instantaneously, the website was taken down and my access was revoked. They changed it. Well, it wasn't revoked. They just uphauled the whole server. It was done. It was finished. They made it toast. I mean, that's what they do. But nothing ever really dies, really. Because the way they use their servers is by torrents. So all their information is hidden somewhere across the planet. Maybe we should look at some old articles that I put out on Hurricane Electric to find those servers and those little bits and seed them correctly. So, I mean, you'd be able to seed it with something like a keystone. Keystone. I want to ask you about John Brennan and the blackmail. Mm -hmm. So who all did he have blackmail collected on? Any politicians? 
You mean that I've seen? Yes. Mm -hmm. A lot of people. Yes. And politicians? Yes. So would you say there's any uh, side more Democrats or more Republican, or is it kind of even? Very even, Stephen. Okay, so once this blackmail was collected on politicians, what did they do with it? Even Pelosi doesn't know that what they have on her. Neither does Blumenthal. Nobody. I can keep going down. And but do they know that these people have blackmail on them? Only if they've butted heads. Okay. So we saw a butting of heads between Murkowski, was it? And um, Feinstein, right? That's a butting of heads. That's where it's like, hey, we got this. You know where she put her up against the wall? Happens all the time. Now you know how our government has been compromised. 24-7 surveillance mixed with blackmail. What's the significance of Cambridge Analytica being attached to Trump's campaign? Everything that I saw with um, the description of like how the Cambridge Analytica functioned, what they did, their app, the computer applications, everything that I saw with that, uh, I would describe as, a, you know, just a, a, a later iteration of the Shadownet. Was Cambridge Analytica, to your knowledge, an IAA operation? Yes, it was. And I believe that it was so blatant because it was piloted at the same time that the RNC and the DNC were hacked. It was all formulated correctly. I've said to you, it's all coming out. And the question is how. I didn't conspire to leak Hillary's emails, and I have nothing <clears throat> to do with Russia. So yes. the fact is, <clears throat> it looks like I did both. Does it look like you did both? If I wasn't me, I would say yes, that's what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I was part of the team running Obama's Facebook. We invented the way social media is used to communicate with voters. This is how they were going to do it. You know, they were supposed to go in. They were supposed to sway him because they were supposed to give up the goods to match the Russia hack. Why would they be running an IA operation that would be helping Trump win? Because that doesn't make sense when we know that General Jones is a Democrat and many of these people don't like Trump. So what gives? Well, because then we just make it look like Russia was running the Cambridge Analytical program, too. And it admits to it right here. I am headed to Washington, D.C. for my testimony for the Mueller investigation. I definitely didn't think that while we're sitting there counting votes that some of those votes were made by people who had seen fake news stories paid for by Russia on their Facebook page. So not only did they hack the DNC and the RNC, but nobody talks about that, right? Because we're only supposed to focus that Russia was hacking just the DNC, not the RNC. We keep forgetting about that. Because it was just information Brennan was gaining. They wanted to get access to servers. That's the way it goes. Anyway, Cambridge Analytica at the same time would be supposedly helping President Trump win. And the Russia collusion hoax would have stuck better because behind all those LLCs and the glitz and glamour, 
they would have had some statue of Vladimir Putin in a tutu waiting for you. Yeah, I worked at Cambridge Analytica while they had Facebook data sets. Went to Russia one time while I worked for Cambridge. I visited Julian Assange while I worked for Cambridge. Pitched the Trump campaign and wrote the first contract. I have an email from one of our senior data scientists that said that we were actually using Facebook-like data in our modeling. The methodology was considered a weapon. Um, Weapons-grade communications tactics. Well done, Britt. Looked quite tough, and you did okay with a winky face, little emoji. When we found out that Cambridge Analytica reached out to WikiLeaks and said, hey, can we help? What that means is we've got a Russian intelligence operation underway to illegally influence the U.S. election in Trump's favor. And we've got the data firm paid by the Trump campaign offering operational help to that effort. Are there any ties between Mr. Trump, you or your campaign, and Putin and his regime? No, there are not. It's absurd. Uh, and, you know, there's no basis to it. Cambridge Analytica was used to create the appearance that Russia conducted influence operations to help Trump win the 2016 election. Stone, Manafort, Davis, McCain, Jones, all of these people have been doing this for, to my knowledge, a decade of my personal fact witness knowledge. They've been doing this for a decade prior to Trump even running for office. I met with Roger Stone at his table at a speaking engagement that he did in Clearwater, Florida. And I asked Roger Stone at that time, are you, you know, did you work with, uh, do you know Jim Jones? Or did you work with Dynology? And he acknowledged his relationship and his, yeah, sure. I did ask, I, I asked him flat out. I said, did, did you use the shadow net? He's, did you know about it? He's like, no. Stone leaving the Trump campaign early on suggests candidate Trump didn't want his campaign tied to Stone's influence operations. We really pioneered negative campaign advertising. Stone does have a reputation for political dirty tricks and influence operations. I revel in your hatred because if I weren't effective, you wouldn't hate me. Manafort and Roger Stone go way back, like from the 80s. You know, like, come on. These people have been through everything together. And, you know, this is why they targeted them. And this is why they went on Manafort for things that were like ancient. It's like, man, no, not even a statute of limitation, not anything. Come on, man. Seriously? Nope. Psy Group and Wikistrat's absolutely connected to the shadow net through the owners of the shadow net, through the fact that the Psy Group, through Paul Manafort, submitted a proposal to Trump's campaign. Now, Trump's campaign rejected the proposal. I love that man, right? That's why I keep voting for him. Because even when he's given the opportunity to do that, he rejected it. The Trump campaign must have known the Dems would try to use anything against them. Trump must have sensed that the offer for influence operations was a honey trap to set him up. Well, do you think that the reason they attached Manafort to Trump's campaign, because that was kind of later, right? Mm -hmm. Attached him onto there. Do you think it's because they were trying to frame up Trump? Yes, because they failed with their IIA attempt. Yeah, I definitely would say that Manafort was an asset. 
whether or not he fully understood what his role was, you know, he might they might have lied to him about what his true what their true intentions were. I believe they fully intended to throw him under the bus because two things had to happen. They could not let Hillary win and they could not let Trump keep his seat. Right? So they were trying to kill two birds with one stone using Manafort to make sure that Hillary doesn't win through IIA, through Wikistrat, through his connections there. And then those same people turning around, throwing him under the bus by somebody who had previously worked with Manafort and understood what he had been doing and what he was doing and used that to exploit him as a way to hurt Trump. Since their whole attempt to have him employ a company to help him win and use these psychological operations that the left was using, I mean, they're doing it, we should do it, and he didn't. And that's in the Mueller report. That's in the New York Times. There are several instances where he's rejected the opportunity to take advantage of influence, of, of influence operations, be it IIA supported or just your standard run-of-the-mill influence operations, right? They've rejected that. And the thing is, people like Roger Stone aren't saints, but they're not demons either. They skirt the outs and they're great at what they do. And, you know, you either love him or not. It's like Brie Cheese. But the one thing that you can be sure of is that he sticks to his principles. And if he's your friend, especially if he's been your friend for 40 years, like he was with <laughs> President Trump, there's no way he's going to flip on you to save his butt ever. Because that's what honest people do. Yeah, he seems to know how the games in the swamp are played. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, he knows how they operate. He was actually framed by people that he worked with. I mean, that software was created, you know, by his friend that created the Magic Wheel software. It, like, implemented ShadowNet for the courts so they can, like, randomly have such specified, you know, out of millions of people that were in the pool, they were all, like, intelligence contractors and never Trumpers. Come on. So why wouldn't they just focus their efforts on running IAA operations to get Hillary in office? Oh, they did. Are you kidding? They deployed everything from uh, censoring, shadow banning, to dismissals, to full-blown mockingbirds. I mean, that's where we saw the real face of the press. That is exactly where we saw it. Um, you know. I want all of you to know that that's true not only for the campaign, but if I am fortunate enough to be your president, I want you to know, and I want you to tell anybody you know, any friends or colleagues at school or work or your neighborhood, whether you vote for me or vote against me. Polls, 98% chance Hillary Clinton wins. Like, what? Yeah. I mean, what? Those were bogus. Uh, everything. That was an IIA. That was hijacked your reality to think she's already won. So obviously she's the best. All the superstars coming out. How she's amazing. All these concerts. And all to divert you away from the fact that she couldn't walk, talk, climb stairs, say a word without checking out. Hillary Clinton is on stage right now as we speak, and she is coughing nonstop. Did she, like, chuck up a lung or something that one time? Yeah. That was super weird. <laughs> there is a, a, a definitely some context that needs to be understood 
in the relationship between General Jones, Obama, and Hillary Clinton. General Jones was originally offered by Obama the position of uh, Secretary of State. He accepted. His fam talked to his family. He accepted. And then two days later, without even telling him, which was kind of a jerk move to do, um, Obama turned around and tapped Hillary Clinton. And I know that Jones, Jim Jones, told me that his dad was really offended by that. And then he was offered and accepted the role, the position of National Security Advisor, but actually considered turning it down because he was so offended by what it was, so upset by what had happened. What would be the point of like making Hillary out of the equation to then get Trump in to then want to just impeach him? Well, because he wasn't their choice. These people hate Trump. He's a jackass. So we're talking about at the time, you know, that would just McCain. make Pence in charge. Well, which Pence, <laughs> you think John McCain would have rather had Pence in charge? You think Lindsey Graham would rather have Pence? Lindsey Graham was so frustrated with Trump, Trump, he took his phone and smashed it on YouTube because Trump gave out his phone number. Trump drove that man crazy. Trump got in the way of the big game, a contest between contractors and subcontractors over who gets first dibs on defense, security, and tech contracts. Mueller, since uh, I think it was like August of 2016, was well aware that I had in my possessions portions of the DNC mirrored server in February and March. Did you know that? I did not. And when my private life was collapsing the same exact day, not without a minute of separation, I was served by Barack Hussein Obama's attorney three years later to come and talk about it. Did you know that? Did not know that either. They went as hard as they could. Stone, the same thing. They went with nothing. Like, look, Mueller called him in, right, for these emails and talking about WikiLeaks. When I had actual portions of the DNC, like even Mueller knew I had it. Why did Mueller never call me back when I went to him and told him about all this information and spoke to him for 15 minutes? Every one of these people are so corrupt. It's not even funny. The Swamp already knew in August of 2016 that the information was compromised by people and they knew what type of people had access to that information, but they didn't know who. Some people will say, well, maybe they're investigating. And how can you investigate it if you don't ever call me back and you don't ever really, because there's a lot of things that I need to be able to explain to them that I can't say outside of a classified environment. So they're not even, if they are investigating it, they certainly aren't doing it with all the information. Stop. 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 We all know it was a fix. Did the DOJ outsource the Mueller investigation to CGI? Well, yes, they did. So I'll tell you what happened. So I actually, uh, for my listeners on air, I interviewed former attorney, acting attorney general Whitaker. I want to ask you something. You were chief of staff for um, Jeff Sessions. So there's obviously contracts that are signed, like, you know, how you hire vendors. I wanted to know why during the Mueller probe, we spent over $40 million in waste management to a Canadian company that works with Canadian intelligence. Yeah. Sounds like have, paper uh, shredding. On that. so that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean that's it. All, there's, there's, you know, this is the thing we, we need watchdogs and something I did before I came to Washington DC was run 
a watchdog group that asks these types of questions and to make sure that that like you know kind of there's not um you know waste fraud and abuse so why is our department of justice outsourcing to canadian intelligence companies access to the Mueller investigation that definitely seems improper now this canadian company how much were they paying and were they paying them with tax dollars we have to ask ourselves why would we use federal tax dollars and upwards of 40 million to have them do paper shredding for Mueller and administrative tasks and emptying garbage cans that sounds like a leaking opportunity that sounds like why are we getting foreign nationals involved in an investigation that we're supposedly investigating the president, the sitting president of the United States? From CGI's involvement in the passport fiasco in 2008 to CGI involved in the Mueller investigation, we see how contractors have the ability to both perform and clean up their own dirty work. I think it's about time people understand what happened. And I've made it no secret that I know what happened. So Seth Rich worked for the DNC. He was asked, just like I, he was asked, hey, why don't you go image the DNC server right there since you're there for us so we can keep it safe. And he did so. And he uploaded it where he was told. So he uploaded it where he was supposed to. And there were a lot of me's that saw it. Me's meaning group of friends that I have where we sit and talk string theory and predictive analytics on the internet. <laughs> so we find this and it's like, whoa, treasure trove, copied. And we fractioned it so that way we can download it because it was so massive. And that's what happened. So I'll tell you what happened to Seth Rich. So he did his job as he was asked. At the same time, the RNC was also hacked. Again, Brennan MO, let's hack. And the hack was done on purpose, so you can delete information, insert information, and of course, with them putting Cambridge Analytica and sending them over to President Trump, which was a trap. Okay, that was a trap. Um, you clearly can see it. They hacked the RNC. You mean you had someone within the GOP do it for you, because no one died there. And yes, some of those emails escaped because that is what was considered mitigation. You have to give them something really bad. And so when he saw that they had retroactively changed things, the stories and the rumors going in, seeing the Bernie Sanders elections were being stolen, the DNC was all about Hillary, not about real elections, that it was all rigged, he came in contact with a guy named Sean Lucas. But we did make contact with somebody from the Democratic National Committee's office, and they've been served. Democracy has prevailed today. So they decided, oh yeah, maybe we can get it out to someone else. And it was not to Julian Assange direct. And both of those guys are dead. But in a bizarre twist of events on August 2nd, less than one month after serving the subpoena, Lucas was reported dead. Hillary's emails were still being examined. They had to get rid of the evidence. And the only way that they can access the whole DNC server is if there was a breach. And that's how you can go in and change things. This is why the FBI never asked for the server. That's the real story. So as Seth Rich thought that what he was doing was correct, Later on, he realized it was not. That's why there was such a big gap. They didn't need to find him. 
They needed to find out who had it. And they already knew that I myself had portions of the DNC server and others in March and February. Obama's lawyer for Seth Rich, three years later says, you need to come and tell us about Seth Rich. I was like, I don't need to do anything. <laughs> I don't know who you're trying to, you're being subpoenaed. I can't bring you anything because you're three years too late. And for the record, usually they're going to be three minutes too late. You know, Hillary doesn't have a patent on hammers. <laughs> or city dumps. <laughs> or bleach bit. Or, 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 you know. Didn't CrowdStrike initially investigate the DNC server creating mm -hmm. the whole Russia hacked the election yeah. scenario? When the uh, DNC hired us back in May, we actually came in and deployed our technology called Falcon on all the systems inside the corporate network. Who were these people that were actually doing the hacking of the DNC? There were two groups, two independently working groups that we associate with Russian intelligence agencies. One of them we associate with GRU, the primary military intelligence agency in Russia. CrowdStrike, owned by that Alperovich guy, who is a senior advisor on the Atlanta Council. When President Trump called up the Ukrainian president, what did he ask him for? The, the, the CrowdStrike servers, right? Again. All immediate direct colleagues, like the brown bag lunch at this big, you know, uh, star chamber that <laughs> you could imagine existing there. I'm sorry, Mr. President. They're all there. Yeah. Just like, what can we do? Orange man bad. What is just statistical odds of that six degrees of Kevin Bacon existing on virtually everybody connected to the Russian dossier and the impeachment? The only other person that directly connected to both of them is President Trump, and he's on the receiving end of it. But yet you never hear this man's name. General Jones, that's the guy that heads up Clearforce. That's the guy that took ShadowNet and made it what it is. That's the guy that resold, reinvented ShadowNet to create the magic wheel at the D.C. courts to make sure that they get the most compromised juries, you know, put together for anyone that they didn't want. When... General Jones was uh, tapped as um, the chairman of the board of Atlanta Council by to replace Huntsman, John Huntsman. One of the first orders of business that um, he did with the Atlanta Council was to create a partnership with Facebook. Right, and that happened a month after Mark Zuckerberg sat in front of Congress. Yes, I mean, they they did not want their information to be sold to Cambridge Analytica by a developer. And and that happened, and it happened on our watch. So even though we didn't do it, I think we have a responsibility to be able to prevent that and be able to take action sooner. So as a month after they do that, Facebook partners with General Jones at the Atlantic Council to restore election integrity worldwide, right? So the best out of 7 billion people on the planet, Mark Zuckerberg picks the owner of the shadow net. President Donald Trump and Mike Pence both ran ads on Facebook that uh, included a symbol of an upside down red triangle. Facebook today removed the ads. Facebook has taken action against what it calls harmful misinformation from President Trump. The company deleted a post by the president that included a false statement. To restore election integrity worldwide, we all know 
that he was connected directly connected to Cambridge Analytica through SciGroup and Wikistrat. So essentially what they did was they partnered with Cambridge Analytica again. This also explains why Facebook went to Atlantic Council, aka Jones, to fix the Cambridge Analytica problem. They needed to cover their IIA tracks. What you've seen with the recent riots surrounding mm -hmm. George Floyd's death, mm -hmm. from your perspective, does that look like an IIA operation? Absolutely. Nothing feels natural about what's going on. More stuff is fake and fabricated right now in the news than what's actually real. When I say fake or fabricated, I, I mean like, okay, you have the truth and it's being represented to you with a very specific slant. It's so far beyond, you know, a couple, you know, Russia making a couple, spending some money on some Facebook ads, right? If you believe that, then they've already won. So that's how it works. Cool. It's like the movie Wag the Dog, quite literally. Well, you know, movies tell a lot of stories. And um, it's almost it's almost as if they're making fun of us. They made fun of Alex Jones when he used to point out all these false flags. I mean, I guess that's just a term he was using. But if you actually look, what he was pointing out in a lot of instances was IIA operations. Jane, what more can you tell us about the Salomon Brothers building and its collapsing and its collapsing and its collapse? As you can see behind me, the uh, Trade Center appears to be still burning. We are getting information now that one of the other buildings, Building 7, in the World Trade Center complex is on fire and has either collapsed or is collapsing. Well, but he didn't know the term IIA, so it would be easier for people to understand someone's hacking your reality. Because now in this day and age of computing, that makes more sense to people. They understand it more. Oh, hack my reality. You mean change the way I see things. And that is exactly what an IIA is. It's just that it's software churning out, oh, you need to do this to get this outcome. Kind of like using that shadow net in the DC courts and saying, oh, prosecutor, you want him to go to jail and you want a guilty verdict? Well, we're going to have to pool it out. And then when a pool of jury people come, all of them are potential to give you a guilty verdict. So then you pick from all the people that will give you a guilty verdict. <laughs> so there's no chance that That's you'll win. And even so Matt bad. Whitaker said that on my on my show. He said the judges are corrupt. That's a major problem for the justice system. If people are able to use that technology in jury selection to be able to predict who's going to, you know, throw their vote a certain way. Is anyone stopping them? That's a major problem right there. It is, and Roger Stone with this commutation will solve it because this is where it all comes to the surface. How do you think your jury pool was selected? Well, obviously, I don't know. I do know that based on the statistics on the District of Columbia, that, it, that the statistical improbability of my jury having a single Republican should be impossible. The statistical impossibility of my jury having a single military veteran should be impossible. The statistical possibility of my jury having no jurors with less than a college education is impossible. 
Uh, but that was the case. Well, what if I told you, Roger, that your jury was uh, actually selected? The jury pool, the grander jury pool, right? Before the voir dire, as they say, where you kind of select and approve and deny, right? The, the majority of it was actually plugged into a program. But see, this program wanted to select a jury pool that would get you a guilty verdict no matter what. Hence, the odds, like you say, are so far-fetched. So the question is, who was the company? Who was the vendor that was used to select your greater pool for the jury? And if your, you know, lawyer was to able to uh, able to find that or ask that question, I would not be surprised if you see the name General Hayden hop up. I do think it might strengthen my uh, the possibility of my appeal. It, should that become necessary, I will never plead guilty to something I didn't do. Uh, it's a matter that does require some research, and I appreciate you bringing it up. That's amazing. It's like Minority Report in real time today. Clear Force is kind of like what they built. It's it's the next iteration of the ShadowNet. They took the cycle. They they took the the profile. Uh, personas and profile capabilities. They added real-time criminal background, travel, financial, medical, added all these things in to create predictive behavioral profiles that determine whether or not you're likely to steal or leak. Clearforce actually sells this to HR, right? So you could actually go into a job, apply for it, and not get a job because an application with an algorithm designed by Obama's national security advisor and or Obama's CIA director determined that you were predictively likely to steal or leak in some minority report like fashion. And you may never ever steal or leak, but you might lose a job because something read all your posts and looked at your information and determined that. Think about it. If people knew just how bad it is, Think about how many things he's changing and how much money they're taking. I mean, think of all the money they're going to lose in contracting. He's stopped the clearances. Remember, once you're out, now we pull your clearance. He did that, remember? So now all the future generals or all the future intelligence community persons don't get to use their clearance. If you're out, it's finished. You guys were paying me as taxpayers. We're paying me as the information insurance security officer to protect our national security. So y'all should want to get to the bottom of this as much as anybody, as much as I do. But it's very personal to me. I won't deny that. When you have your <laughs> trying to usurp your president by penning in an anonymous letter to the New York Times, that's a big problem. This is the biggest and boldest move towards the ultimate surveillance state ever made, and it's near completion. Micromanaging this technology on a global scale would require integrating it with artificial intelligence. Imagine artificial intelligence autonomously operating the ShadowNet and ClearForce. Interpol's 2019 publication, Artificial Intelligence and Robotics for Law Enforcement, reveals we are already there. Quote, although films such as Minority Report and Robocop may not present the most attractive depiction of the future of advanced technologies in law enforcement, understanding how these technologies can be applied by law enforcement agencies for the safety and security of our global community is of critical importance. Keep a safe distance of six feet from others.
Short from a major PR rollout, there is an international push for autonomous law enforcement to remove the human factor. Several features of the Interpol program indicate that they are using an iteration of Shadownet and ClearForce technology. This March 2017 United States patent issued to Jim Jones III and ClearForce spells it out. Quote, systems and methods for electronically monitoring humans to determine potential risk. Several diagrams in this patent look identical to the dashboard layout of the ShadowNet. The patent mentions integration with U.S. and international databases, local law enforcement, and individual state databases all fed into international justice and public safety networks. Full integration of all data, including the Internet of Things, is the objective. A March 2020 Atlantic Council policy primer, AI, Society, and Governance, references the 2019 Interpol publication stating, quote, the United Nations Interregional Crime and Justice Research Institute and the International Criminal Police Organization are leading the conversation on autonomous patrol robots, tracking and tracing systems, forecasting tools, predictive policing, and more. The next iteration of the ShadowNet and ClearForce is ready to go. Integration with AI, robots, and the replacement of traditional law enforcement is just around the corner. Given that leftist organizations managed by Momentum, which is behind the defund the police movement, and given that Momentum has been connected to IIA operations, the case can be made that Jones & Co. are running the defund the police influence operation simply because they are in a position to benefit by offering an alternative solution that is already in line with the Green New Deal agenda. We've already seen some of this rolled out with the technocratic response to COVID-19, with autonomous drones, contact tracing apps, nanotech vaccines, and predictive modeling for social distancing and economic shutdowns. Furthermore, this technology is behind the push for police abolition, defunding law enforcement, and replacing it with smart justice, given we have seen IIA ShadowNet technology implemented by the Socialist Democrats and Sunrise Movement, who are using it to push for police abolition. This political movement is deeply connected to the UN, who is partnered with Interpol to corral us into the artificial intelligence and robotics for law enforcement direction. Okay, guys, I'm going to be posting this as a premiere on YouTube, an update on Millie. I know exactly where she is. Someone's out there right now trying to get eyes on her uh, because even attorneys that I, we've been scouring to find can't find her on the record. And I just want to make this clear. Burglary right, is some BS charge. It was supposedly only for her husband, but they arrested her too. And no one goes for a grand jury under seal for anything burglary. You rob a bank, you rob something, it's open. There's no grand jury. So this is incredible because she's blacked out on the system and we're trying to find her now um, as we speak. So myself and Patrick will be in the chat on YouTube in just a couple of minutes. We'll see you there. Oh, and the bleeped out section. Yeah, I'll put it on there. I'll put it on YouTube and tell you who penned that New York Times op. Millie didn't expose it, but I will. <laughs> 